tip. Good afternoon. It is June 13th, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Levinos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? Congrats to Jack White and all of the Denver Nuggets. They got their big win. They're champions. First time, 47 years. First time in franchise history. How do you feel about the zombie heat? They finally, they're finally done. They took down so many teams along the way, but finally they, they ran out of juice. Well, I, you know, I didn't want to start with this. Like I just told you in the warm up here, I was like, let's let's try and talk about the game, and then maybe talk a little bit about Miami after, and because. I, but unfortunately, the take that I'm coming with, and you just kind of leaned right into it. You're just you're just pushing all the right buttons early. I'm way more impressed with what the Miami Heat did in a loss than I am with anything Denver did in a victory. Now, I know in history that's not going to age properly, but in the moment right now, what was more impressive? I mean, the, the impressive part, I suppose, is that Denver didn't play well last night, but neither has Miami, and they're just somehow always in these games, even down to the end yesterday where we're kind of messaging each other and you're starting to hear him on the broadcast. Like, Hey, where, where's Jimmy? What's Jimmy doing? He's got, he's like two of 12 and, and then awful, then awful. And down the stretch, uh, the middle of the fourth, it, it wasn't even like he was forcing things and it wasn't happening. It was here. The role guys just trying to make things happen. And he's just kind of floating, you know, almost more of it was, a, you know, the first half and trying to feel things out. All that being said, there's still a Jimmy nine Oh run. And a very crucial part of the game. Thirteen. Well, I guess maybe it wasn't. It was he. He had thirteen points in a row for the team. I, yeah, you're right. I don't think it was quite in uh, zero for Denver. I think he banged two threes, and then that. Which we can get into that right now. Too. Again, we're starting with all the wrong topics. So yeah, we might as well just get into it. All right. So he hits two threes in a row, and then there's the reviewed call, of which we could spend a half hour on this review. The officiating in general was miserable yesterday. I have no, no idea. We wouldn't need to spend a half an hour. It was pretty clear cut. I don't think I can't. I need. I need someone to re-explain everything to me. I don't understand why Kyle Lowry wasn't ejected from basketball and why why nothing is a foul and some things are a foul. I just the, the review of the Jimmy Butler thing. They reviewed it. They they reviewed it like we saw it. And then everybody came to the conclusion that it was either going to be a no call or it was going to be a foul on Jimmy. And then it stands where they're like, there's just enough contact on him while he's kicking someone else in the nuts, flailing his his feet. The, the one rule that they've addressed and tried to change this whole year, and they and they just gave it to him. I I don't know what Miami did to deserve all of this, and perhaps it was just this underdog fight that you're the smaller guy, you get better calls and all of that, but this, this just didn't add up for me. But still, Jimmy, I think, is kind of getting torched today for being a little absent during most of the game, but I think when it mattered most, he gave him a really good chance to win, and, and I, I think I would take that chance again. Like, they had a good chance to win in this. Denver goes 5-28 from three. Miami not that much better, but nine to thirty-five. I mean, that's that's not that's not a great day for Denver. They did not shoot the ball well. I think Jokic is in was foul a trouble. Terrible basketball game. I, it, was it was not. It was not fight. enjoyable to watch. If this, if this was a, a game in January, this is one of those ones that you know if it's late at night, you just like it's it's in Denver. Just like oh yeah, kind of kind of fell asleep during that one. There was not much scoring. Rock fight. Nobody's making anything. The intensity unreal though. Both teams playing hard. Both these teams that have stakes, and they're they're it's just the intensity that they're, they're pushing the limit. I thought Miami did an excellent job of being just we're gonna we're gonna test it. We're did gonna, you did you enjoy that? Did you that enjoy that type of basketball game? No, I I well that's what I wanted to talk about about why I I'm kind of excited for a midseason tournament. I mean the 
this wasn't a good basketball game. I watched much better basketball we played throughout the entire year. There, there's far better quality of ball being played yesterday, but there's a survivor element yesterday and a tough guy element of we've been through a grueling 80-game season with you know whatever days off in between, and then the playoffs were certainly not a grind for everybody. Miami's been on the road nonstop, having no home court advantage throughout of it. And, and you know, Denver kind of took care of business all year. They were able to take enough care of business. They were able to lay off the gas for like the last 15 games of the season and then, you know, have a couple easier rounds. And then they, they sweep the Lakers and they have more rest. They have 10 days rest for all of this. It still was an ugly game. It was an awful ugly game. And then I wonder if I would enjoy a higher quality midseason tournament with actual healthy assets and healthy players playing. I just don't know if you can match the stakes of it, but would you rather watch healthy guys play or the survivors of all the grueling season? Like, what's what's a better entertainment? You know what the better uh, entertainment is for middle of the season during the NBA season? Is watching college basketball instead. You like guys missing a whole bunch of threes, but it all really matters because they only play two games a week and there's only about 30 games in the season? Yeah, you, you, you can go watch that. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe I feel like we've talked about this again. I don't know if it was the finals last year where it's just an absolute rock fight and all of the NBA specific guys are all going, oh, wow, you know, not a lot of shots being made. But, oh, man, you just it, it's crazy. And the guys are just really digging in. And it's just th- this, th- this. This is what you guys if this like I said, if this has been happening in a Big Ten game in january it would be like oh why are you guys watching college basketball this is this is terrible why why are you doing this this is just subpar like why would you ever go through this it's like it's because these guys care and in the nba for most of the season there's either there, there's less of, of a caring factor and it makes sense because there's 82 games you can't you can't make it care all the time and you're you know you're, you're using a career and not hey i'm only going to be at this college for one year i want to show how it's done i got to make to the next level so that's why i was asking you you're more on the on the nba side if this if you're kind of in that camp and just wondering where where you felt but sounds like you're, you're looking for other other options i'm fine with i'm fi- i'm entertained by both of these styles whether it's a flashy 140 point game with some awesome scoring going on in the midseason versus a rock fight happening in the 80 80 kind of game here where nobody's going to get over 100 points I'm still entertained by both of those styles of games and the professional element than I am by anything in college. March Madness, awesome, awesome time. I mean, but it's it's single elimination. It's a different element. The whole season mattering less. The careers mattering a little less. Like where the NBA, you kind of bring everybody back next year, you hope, or, you know, the things shuffle a lot more and throughout everything, I guess. But I just, I don't know. I don't love the, the quality of play for college basketball. A lot of the mistakes, they play like the Celtics. They make a lot of dumb mistakes. There's, there's turnovers that are it's not proper timeouts. There's just there's a correct way to play, and I, I don't know if that necessarily every college team plays to the best quality of ball that way. And and it's fine because you know I just like you said I just watched the Celtics do it a whole bunch, and they were they were pretty successful. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I am secretly a college basketball fan where I'm just you know addicted to this bad basketball the Celtics play that it's made me a college basketball fan now. Like that's that's what you're telling me. What part of the season in the Celtics are you talking about? The the end or the beginning when we had the greatest offense that has ever been seen? The only part I remember. Do you remember the other part? Because I don't. I, I, the part I remember is Miami making us look terrible. And also, I remember Miami taking the bullet for us because we would have got swept by Denver. No way we no, would have won a single not, game. not even a little bit. We wouldn't even won a single game. Me? Would have gotten that's, that's swept. Just silly. Swept. We wouldn't even. What? We wouldn't even put. We wouldn't even won. A single game, let alone lost by less than twenty on the road. You know, we might have lost even more. Did at home. you see when it got when it got to be absolute crunch time? 
both of those teams for a good stretch absolutely panicked and had no idea what to do. And then there was a couple of, I'm going to call them lucky, that Denver got offensive rebounds where it just happened to go right to him for layups to kind of break it open a little bit. Jimmy did his Jimmy thing down down the stretch, and then even he had a terrible turnover. It's not that, not that long ago I saw Tatum where it was absolute, somebody needs to make a play right now or this season is over, and he won that game six against the Sixers and then went for you know the, the absolute record in a game seven. Yeah, that's the fluke. It's not that long ago. That's the fluke, though. That's the fluke. That's not you, really who fluke, he is. A fluke? That's not who how, he is. How can a fluke be setting a record? You, you know what he points. is? That's he's, not a fluke. He's the guy that's fishing right now while the Miami Heat were playing in the finals. That That's who he is. He's not the 50-point game seven guy. That's a fluke. That's not what I see all the time. Yeah. That's not oh, so what... Then what is, what is Jimmy Butler? What, what part where... What, part of that is a fluke I, I, I the part that where he's been to another finals how many finals has tatum been to and jimmy's been in far oh, more less. situations that's a that's one, one more less. he's way younger that's one more how many how many uh teams has uh jason tatum had to run through before he found found a spot hey look he's he's been able to stay in the same franchise jimmy's the one who's had to hop around a whole bunch of different homes here that's what i mean creating not just kind of like meandering like oh no that went pretty well like you you think a path of destruction yeah you think that was you think that was a mistake you think he was wrong i feel like if if they treated jimmy the way miami treats him they would have the finals representation that jimmy's given miami this year i don't blame jimmy for anything i don't think think, i think minnesota was soft as trash and and so far that's aged very well i think getting out of chicago was the right deal i think everything that jimmy's done was the right idea at the philly they could have picked him over tobias harris and they didn't they didn't. They didn't really give much of a choice, but there was an option where they could have said, "You know what? Maybe we'll re- look into this Ben Simmons thing." Where Jimmy's like glaring, saying, "This is not going to work. There's huge problems. I can't believe you guys are committed to this guy. I'm out of here." There, there was tons of places where Jimmy, I don't think, is is the bad guy in any of these situations. I, I really think if you look back at it and you analyze the teams that he's on and the situations that he's in. I don't blame him for any of it. I, he had to do what he had to do to get to where he's at, and you can see where he's at right now and the results that he's having. Look, he's playing on one ankle this whole time here. He refused to admit it yesterday. No, he's fine. I give him a ton he's of fine. credit. Did you see him in the post game? He's far. He says, he says his ankle was fine. That 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 had nothing to do with the the play. So bitter, man. So bitter. You know what? You know what you need. You need a vacation, which is what we're doing. All right, we're sending you away for a couple weeks here. We're gonna take a break from the podcast. You need to you need to settle down on this Celtics stuff, man. We were not good this year. You can't go into the offseason thinking, oh, don't worry, we got a guy that can score 50 points on Game 7. This is just all just, it's easy to hindsight. Oh, we were terrible all year. Like I said, the first, like, until the, like, the start of the year, it was like the best offense anybody had ever seen all time. And then it came down a little bit and was like, all right, well, this is just, just fine. And we've talked about that. But, our record was better this year than last year. All this like, oh, well, we were terrible this year. It was, it was number two in the in the East, and it didn't go the way we wanted to. But to say we were horrible or terrible, like that, that's just that, that's hyperbole. I don't think it's hyperbole. I just think we were horrible in the games that matter. All right, you want to win in regular season awards? By all means, go do that. You guys couldn't even win any home games this year. We lost more home games this year in the playoffs then we then we won that's not worth it why are we even trying in the regular season these guys just want a pat on the back for playing hard for 80 games giving their best shot in the playoffs when they don't even focus on it we have three guys that can't even dribble on our team trying to run point guard we have multiple guys that just give up on defense every chance they can and so many guys that just don't show up in big moments that don't want to take shots that is the reality uh, well, of the Celtics uh, hold on if if the <laughs> If Scott Foster in the the review booth uh, yesterday had made the 
or, you know, the Jimmy Butler play happens, if that continues and the Heat win, and this goes a couple of more, and you know, say that Heat do make like a crazy uh, comeback, aren't you saying the exact same thing about Michael Porter Jr.? Oh, he absolutely. won, and so today it's all, oh, you know what? Under 30, you know, he, he's looking really good, and he has this, like, incredible run. But you you were all, all over it, and it, it softened, I think, just because we were both just like, can this guy just, like, do, like, a little something? Where, like, through the first three games, it's like, you, you were saying, get this guy out, bench this guy. He, and they did. He's not playing defense, he's not shooting, and he, he wasn't that much better uh, yesterday. It's just when you win, it just kind of peanut butters over it. I thought yesterday there was – a real emphasis on I'm going to do everything I can to try and impact this game versus it felt like in the previous games he wasn't feeling it and he just felt like I don't know how else to impact this game and it, fi- it felt like he finally got it drilled into him that like I'm just going to get rebounds and I'm going to play like a crazy person on defense I'm going to go for wild chase down blocks and I'm going to just sky over for these rebounds and he got just enough of them I thought just to win this game it was a bare minimum it was an awful game I wouldn't be sending that one to anybody that that film is not going to age well for Michael Porter Jr. throughout this entire finals there's, there's no good film on him you're right but they got the job done he was still not able to cost his team enough by either missing shots or he was just enough got enough just enough rebounds to keep them in it I, I don't know if our guys on, on Boston were doing that we just kept checking that, up threes. What I'm saying it's that if if Tatum doesn't roll his ankle and we're able to to win game seven then you go to the finals and then whatever happens there now it's not Jalen Brown is terrible. He can't dribble. He can't do anything. He he can barely tie his shoes. You're just not talking about that anymore. The same way it just I don't think it's just we look through the lens of whether you won and you're awesome or you lost and you're you're a terrible player. So so how many years in a row then do we need to watch the Celtics have the same problems? Jalen have the same dribbling issues over and over again before it's like nah, but you know it works in the regular season and then it's just like a fluke. How many in the years have the Nuggets had problems? Well, the Nuggets haven't been healthy. I mean, they went. Two years. I mean, Murray's. It's a miracle Murray's even back to remotely close to what he was. He just blew his ACL like two years ago. He's been out nonstop. He's been out three years. It was this was in the bubble. <laughs> That's a long time. I mean, do you think you were talking about how they did it without Michael Porter Jr. Coldwell Pope didn't play well this this whole finals either. He he was awful. I was this, surprised he came back in after after getting hurt. This this was really like a one and a half man job here where it's just Jokic. And then kind of Murray for some points of it, but I didn't think he was perfect either. I mean, what did Mur- Murray had twelve points yesterday? That, that's that's not like superstar or anything. Like that's that's very much in in the realm of everybody on the Celtics. We just don't have a Jokic that just pushes everything over the top. He refuses to let them get a bad shot. I, he doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes, let alone any. He made a couple yesterday, which were like shocking. Everyone was like, "Whoa, what, what happened?" That's that hasn't happened. He's in foul trouble yesterday, which I think a lot of people were mocking their defense. I actually thought that was one of the mistakes Miami made. Out of they didn't make a whole lot of mistakes, but I just thought they would should have attacked him a little bit better, or at least, you know, once he's in foul trouble, anytime he's out there, I mean, the, I Denver thought, Denver got in foul trouble early, and it was just, it looked like that might have just uh, like set the whole game off when you have three guys and in, in foul three of your main guys in foul trouble. Just all right, well now what are we gonna do? I. I thought Christian Brown played great. I thought Bruce Brown played great, and they really bailed out, yep. I think, Michael Porter Jr. for most of this series. I would be very excited to hold on to them going forward. Bruce Brown, I believe, will be a restricted free agent. I, I Don't hold me to that. I think I think he just signed a one-year this year. I think they have to do everything in their power to hold on to him. I think the movement and the cutting ability is just you're not going to find another guy that's going to fit as well as that. I can also see every other team in the league being like, you know what, we could use a guy that cuts and plays defense too. That sounds right up our alley but 
I, if I'm Denver, I, I would do everything I can to try to hold him. I'm not sure what the future of Michael Porter Jr. holds. There will be a point in time where there is a contract that comes knocking and a payment that is due. And I know he's making some money right now. I'm not sure if he's justified for it. If you keep hoping that this arc just keeps going up, but this wasn't a great look. I mean, kind of choking out in the finals multiple times here, getting tons of opportunities. I mean, let's not, I said he to bench him and he did get benched. He still got fair run in most of first halves, most of first quarters. He was getting a shot to go out there and just not getting it done. I'm not sure what that boils down to as a future, but I don't think Denver's future is nearly as fascinating as, as Miami's future right now. Where I don't, what do you go from here? Like, is this is this everything you could ever want right now? Where you're like, yes, we get to bring all these guys back, or are you worried? Like, I don't know how he did it with all these guys. Let's reset and try and find some actual guys that have played in this league before. Like, what what would you do if you're Miami going forward? Like, who's in? Who's out? Well, they're they're definitely going to still have the core of Bam and Jimmy, and it seems like if you have that, you can build around that. There was, well, it was what I was going to say. There's talk. There wasn't even talk. Hero was supposed to, or I, I said maybe I shouldn't say he was supposed to come back. He was available. It was assumed he'd come back. I said I put the under over under at what was it 15 minutes or was it 17 minutes? But you you you're taking the over. I, I took the it over. Turns out he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't play at all. So him coming back that that should help. He his uh extension kicks in this year, so his money jumps up a bunch. But really, you're gonna have to figure out how you're gonna fit around that because that's a lot of money right there. It it is, and it's. <laughs> would you rather have hero for a team for a team that easily is having totally different conversations if they you know lose one more of those playing games or possibly if Giannis stays healthy. So it's almost like it's just a little bit of fool's gold saying. Hey, like we got something here. You run it back, and I, I don't remember exactly how close they were to being out of the play-in tournament. But you know, if you're not making the play-in tournament, you, you're you got real problems. Like that's those, those are some bad teams. All right, I'm gonna run down the Miami Heat roster. I want you to tell me whether or not you would keep them if you're Miami. And I suppose on, in theory you would, because you don't know what you would get for them. But I th- also think there's an all-time high value with everyone on this roster that I don't think they'll ever necessarily reach this value in trade again. Like, would you rather, would you bring back Max Struess? I mean, would you rather these guys over Tyler Hero? Like, would you take Max Struess over Tyler Hero? You're going to have to re-sign him under a contract. It'll probably be less than Hero. But you still have to give him some money. You're not going to be able to afford him. He made, he made under $2 million this year. Okay. And without him coming back next year, they're already looking at $173 million. So, I... Yeah, and I have no idea with the with the new CBA, but I'm gonna try to make make it off the old CBA. I think you can always you can always resign your guys, but it would be if they're willing to pay like the super the super luxury tax. All right, Gabe Vincent, that's another one. I I, I think I, again he made the same amount as uh, Max Drews. I don't think you'd be able to afford to bring you. Maybe you can only afford to bring one of them back. You can't bring both of them back. And I didn't even get to the the Celtic killer of Caleb Martin. He's under contract for the next two years. Duncan Robinson. They really they that that was that was a Reggie Miller special right there of hey Reggie, you're on TV. You're supposed to know everything, but really starting the whole oh boy, he's earned himself a ton of money. He's about to get paid this offseason, and then had to wait until more of the the basketball Twitter nerds let me know. Uh, yeah, he's under contract for two more years, so no, it impacts his money zero amount. Well, that's not good news for the Celtics. 
And then, and then there's uh, Duncan Robinson, who, again, is already under contract, I believe, and is actually making some good money. And he fell out of the rotation. He got back in the rotation. There were moments this playoffs where it was like, God damn, I can't believe Duncan Robinson is torching whoever. I mean, <laughs> backdoor cutting, hitting threes, finding ways to impact games. I'm, I at least they're bringing him back. But I'm, I'm. Would you rather move on from like a Duncan Robinson hero and try to hold on to a Struce, Gabe Vincent, and Caleb Martin? I, I'm, I think you kind of have that option if you want. Like, what is hero's value more or less? Or you, because I think he had a good season up to up to the playoffs, right? Like, it's not, yeah. like, it's not like he was bad this year. He started this year. He was no. six man last year. No, I, he he had a solid season. It was it was unfortunate that that he broke his hand so early on. Well, it'll be interesting to see what Miami does going forward. I think the three guys between Struce, Vincent, and Martin, I would I would love to have every one of those guys on my, on my team next year. I, I think they're proven, and I think they're role guys. It just has to come at the right price. The CBA, like you just said, it's kind of coming down to where you can kind of afford two superstars, and then you got to find guys that are just willing to fit in the rest. These guys, I think, outplayed that contract where they could fit in in that rest part, but I think it's best for their career if they just take less money and settle for a championship team, but I don't know. I don't know. It, do you, like, do you think they, there's a higher ceiling for any of those players or this is it? This is it. This is it. Right. So you're Dude, hoping they I do mean, this some again. Of the stats, I haven't seen them updated since uh, the, the last two games and definitely the last game, the three point shooting was terrible, but it was talking about how the, the, the heat on contested jumpers was close to 50% where that's not how that's supposed to work. When you're contested, <laughs> the shot, percentage is supposed to go down i think they went on this crazy heater where some of it was definitely spolstra getting the guys in the right position and forcing the defense to make mistakes we definitely saw the celtics make a lot of mistakes we saw the nuggets early on you know both going to the same guy the nuggets seem to kind of have figured that out and so it makes total sense you're wide open your percentage should go up you are going to hit more that has more to do that, that that's more to do with the defense not being good and less luck but if you were hitting close to 50% on contested threes and you were one of the worst teams, this isn't Steph Curry out here, I think this is this is the high point. Yeah, that all that all makes sense. But it also sounds like we're not we're we're saying Miami's fake news and yet they kept they kept winning until they got to the goddamn finals. They even won in the game in the finals. And and certainly we're in some games of the finals. There's there's a scenario where if Jokic is in foul trouble or you know, God forbid, one guy on Denver gets hurt. This gets interesting, I think, quick because Miami just plays such a ruthless, consistent style of basketball that it's really is that, hard. Is that what we're calling it? A style of basketball? Well, I don't know how else to call it because it's a letter of the law style of basketball where it's not even basketball. It's what are all the rules? What's every single rule we could take advantage of and manipulate and lawyer our way into getting a call? And that's what they did. And they did it yesterday. The flopping, the aggression. I thought the aggressiveness actually benefited them despite the amount of times they got burned on calls as well. But I thought being the smaller, younger, or smaller guy meant you could wail on the bigger guy a little bit more yesterday. I thought that was clearly evident, and that benefited them. I just I just couldn't believe how often they were letting Miami just, not even when Jokic had the ball, and it's like, okay, he's bigger, you're going to have to do some things, but a couple of times it's, Bam had two hands on him. That's an automatic foul. Just you can't put two hands on a guy. You can barely get away with putting putting one on him. But I think they changed that recently, where you can have like the forearm, but you can't push off. But then more on on, on rebounds. And sometimes it wasn't even going to uh, Jokic, but you got Lowry who is just trying to instigate. It's all non basketball and just like grabbing at his arms. And like, I saw one of the times Jokic just had to like sort of flail 
and just like like get off of me like the ball is already almost a you know a quarter of the you know, way down the court going to the other end and you're still just like not doing basketball things just grabbing and i, I just it, it's just weird how much the the, the refs let the non-basketball stuff go and it it was frustrating to watch well in terms of a style of play how much would you take away from what Miami did this year? And it's not just the the, the toughness and the, the flopping and the manipulating, but I, I think it's more specifically the zone. Like, I think everybody should have a zone next year. Like, do you think that's a bad idea? Like, if you were going into the offseason right now, do you think it'd be a terrible idea to maybe have a zone defense in your bag? Maybe you run it three times a year. You don't even do it ever, but those three times – I just don't see why you wouldn't want to have it in your bag. I, I saw it throw off so many teams this year, and, and maybe you need to have the right team constructed to even pull it off, and Miami being undersized with Bam may be that solution. But I, I think there's a lot of guys that you either have a center or you have a lineup without a center that I think it's worth having this in your back pocket. I watched it destroy the Celtics, man. The Celtics, this all-time offense you were talking about earlier this season, just completely lost on it. And I, if you could just make a team that's that talented look lost for even – five minutes and that's enough to keep you in the game or get you back into the game I, I see no reason why you wouldn't do it I, if I'm every team that's what I'm working on this offseason something strange something quirky something different like that and, and just trying to find a way to just surprise the team at the worst moment um, I I know it's not the same as football but in football there are a whole bunch of different types of defense you can play and normally a team will play you know, a, a base, a certain style, but you know, you always got wrinkles to it. And I, I, I agree with you that these, these are professionals. I get, it's not the easiest thing in the world. I get that zone is different from man, but in general, you know, you're still trying to stop the team from scoring and it's just a very variant of that. And we'd like to think that you'd be able to implement, like you said, this doesn't have to be your absolute best defense, but with certain setups with certain guys, you just, this is what you're going to run. And you're going to just test it out and see if it works. And I, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. I also think if you're a team and you're trying to hide a defender, say like a Duncan Robinson, you could go to a zone. If you, I think if you're an undersized team or you have that undersized guard, like if I'm Atlanta with Trey, I, I don't see why not. Like you're not getting anything from on man. And maybe he even likes the zone. Maybe he's better. Maybe he reads passing lanes better than he does on ball stuff. You know who? Who knows? Maybe he could play like a cornerback better than he would ever play on an on-ball guy. And, and you could perhaps manipulate the team into an advantage, which you clearly have a disadvantage on defense. But because you have tried a new strategy that the other team just hasn't seen since, I don't know, AAU, middle school. I don't know. When's the last time? Like, I, they do it in college. I see it all the time. But yet, the second we get into this pros, man, everybody was, like, scratching their head. Like, all right, what do we do? We, somebody run the baseline. Shouldn't somebody be at the high post? And but They're so quick with the shot clock, too, that if you don't figure it out soon, it, it, it's over. Like, you just wasted a possession. So I, I see tons of advantage of doing that. And I, and I think Boston specifically could have an excellent zone. I really do. I feel like we could have an excellent zone. And I think we have the roster to do it. So that's that's really who I, I would hope would learn from this. And like, could you just imagine throwing the zone at the heat? Like, I think that's what we should have done. Like, is that crazy? With their, with their some of some of their lineups, yeah. All right, any other takeaways for Miami? Like, do you think this money ball, getting all these undrafted guys is, is a possible strategy that anybody is going to be able to pull off? Like, I know some people are going to try it next year, and there's no way they can have the expectations of getting to the finals, but is there is there a possibility that, it's like, a team does this and we get another guy next year that's 
kind of a no-name that's playing in playoff games? Not to this level, where you have multiple it's sort of under-the-radar guys. But I think I think just always, in when you have constraints, you need the guys to outperform their contracts to really make it to the next level. If they if all the guys only go to their own contract, you're almost like you're just an average team. You need a couple of guys that outperform it and not as many guys that underperform it to be able to to, to make it to the finals and make it to a championship. So I, I think we'll we'll see this in the future. Uh I think it just might be more younger guys. So you got a guy coming in still on his rookie deal, so hasn't you know started to make the big money, but is able to make an impact. I actually thought getting like the the semi older guys, the guys that either did four years in college or or kind of hung around for some time here, like that maturity, I thought almost benefited where they weren't really thrown in. Like I look at Golden State where they had all these nice young draft picks, all these lottery picks, and like, they're just not good. Yeah, well, all right, maybe I they're think not. It's, good. it's so easy. This is almost the the rest versus rust debate. Whichever way it goes, you're able to go with that that narrative. So. If the heat flame out in the in the the playing game, it's like ah, they got their guys are too old. There's no way. But since this worked, now it's like ah, well you know these veterans, they 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 let them. So I think he's got to be careful going with that. Well, I I'm not saying they're veterans, but like Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, and Caleb Martin, I, I don't think like they're not 19 years old. Is what I'm saying. Like they no, they're they're first year guys. They're rookies. They're guys that certainly haven't been in the league a whole lot or have a whole lot of experience in the league, but. They've been up and down a little bit, you know, that they've been through a little bit more. And I think that that just those couple of years, I think, make a huge difference. And it made it a lot easier, I think, for them to find a role on this team and do that. I, I also think when you find these guys, you have to be like Rasilla made this point, And I thought it was a great point. You have to be a two way player when you're a fringe guy because you, you're not good enough to just be an offensive guy where a team's going to hold on to you just for that. Like you have to be able to do both. And the fact that they had so many guys that did both just added up to this awesome defense where you had two-way guys they may not be excellent on either side but they're they're putting they're putting an effort and they're reliable at least enough to make an open three on offense and enough to be a good at help defense on defense that's that's really what you're trying to do I don't know where you find those guys it's gonna be weird though where there's gonna be guys you're not gonna want to pay you're not gonna be able to afford you're gonna be searching for someone like this and like I said I don't know if these guys are gonna have to settle for less money to be in better situations or if somebody's just gonna pay them money and then they're gonna be in a situation where they can't perform to that contract level I don't know. Talk to the Wizards. Here's a, they, they got a lot of those guys. You... Here, here, here's a question for you. Is Kyle Lowry on this team next year? I thought I made the argument, and I, I think it's even a better argument today. Like I, I know I know Kyle Lowry probably didn't help this team as much as everyone wants to say this year or last year or however long he's been in Miami. It, it may be mixed feelings on whether or not he was worth that money, but the results where they were a one seed last year and in the finals this year – and that he hit a whole bunch of threes last night, like, I, I swear, he he was trying to manipulate the ref into everything with Jokic. I thought that was the only mistake they made yesterday of making Lowry the only guy trying to attack Jokic and get, get it under his skin and all that. I thought they should have thrown a bigger guy on him, seeing how he was already in foul trouble. But I, I give Lowry credit, man. I don't know if he's the right guy for the future. I'm not sure if I'd even want him on my team next year. But part of me thinks that if Kyle Lowry was on the current Celtics roster this year, that we would have had more success because there's, there's just some madness to his his game that it's somehow effective and it's efficient. And I'll give him I'll give him credit for showing up at a big game last night. So I think he'll be back next year on this team. I'm not sure if I'd want him back. I'm not sure if they want him back. But at the end of the day, with him on this team and the money he has been making, they have been pretty successful. And you can't deny that. 
So I think he'll be back. What do you think? I think he's going to be 38 and he's making just under uh, 30 million. I think this is uh, where Pat Riley pulls something and all, all of a sudden you're looking at it like, wait a minute. How are you able to get off of Kyle Lowry and that huge contract old guy and be able to get like these guys in and we're going to be just banging our heads against the walls. It's one of those, you know, we, we see it with the Lakers all, all the time. It's like, wait, what? How were you able to pull that off? Is it uh, going to be something like Dame that. Lillard or Chris Paul or Zach Levine or Joel Embiid? Who, who's who? something where it's just like, wait a minute, like why? Yes, guys, I realize you guys got some picks for this, but you know this is Miami. Like they're never going to be in the lottery. Like these are not going to be good picks. Yeah, if you had a Miami pick, I bet you, this year, going into this year, this is probably the year you were like, oh hell yeah, I got a Miami pick. This is going to be great. Look at this team. It's just Jimmy and Bam and and who who else? I mean, it's Hero and Hero. <laughs> And then, and then they got a whole bunch of other guys. Like, look at these guys. These guys are undrafted. Look at Lowry. He's overweight. He's making that money. No way this team's going to be good. But here we are. Here we are. <laughs> I like. I started off the podcast by saying how impressed I am by Miami. I can't reiterate how how impressive of a run this actually is. Because th- this is like the LeBron year where he made it to the finals of that garbage that garbage Cavs team. Where I don't think you could even name like three other players on the team. All right, well, that's the NBA season. We've already spent about a half hour into this and pretty much half the year talking about basketball, and it's going to be quite the offseason. Uh, any thoughts on the season overall? I mean, beyond just another Celtics minute here, I, I don't want to do that anymore. But I've got uh, I've got some, some final stats here for you. All right, what do you got? Uh, Christian Brown, he's the uh, sixth uh, back-to-back college into NBA champion. Joins uh, up with uh, with Magic Johnson there, so that 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 was pretty cool. He also I, I didn't realize this, but uh, before this in twenty, so this was this is twenty twenty three in twenty twenty two one with Kansas in twenty twenty one he didn't win, but in twenty twenty that was the COVID year he won the last game of the uh the the, the Big Twelve tournament. And then before that, he won the state championship three times. So pretty good stretch he's got going there. Uh, he's also the only the seventh uh, NBA champion under the age of 21. And I'd never really thought about that, but it's only more recently, you know, the last two generations or so, that guys weren't staying in college all four years. So it's only going to be more recent guys. I just would have thought, and a lot of times the, the better younger guys are going to the, the worst teams, but he, uh, I think that, I think that also might've been, uh, yeah, that had to have been, that was also uh, magic Johnson as well as uh, the two, two guys on, on golden state. So this is like for, of, of the seven, I think four of them were in the past, like few years. Uh, this is the first West champion to come out of the West outside of California or Texas since 1979. It was the Seattle Supersonics. Uh, Jokic, Jokic, uh, Jokic led all, all of the players in the playoffs, not just his team, all of them in points, rebounds, and assists. I thought that was impressive. Uh, DeAndre Jordan won a championship. I've seen a lot of uh, the pictures of when he got signed with Durant and with uh, Kyrie Irving, and he won a championship uh, before those guys did since that tweet, as well as I saw a picture of him with 
uh, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and won a championship before those guys did. Uh, a couple other guys, uh, Jeff Green and uh, Ish Smith, both been around around the NBA block quite a few times, also winning championships. So kind of kind of cool for those guys, even though they didn't really have too much of an impact. And the last one was uh, uh, the owner, Stan uh, Stan Kroenke. He is on just like Woo! an absolute heater. <laughs> The, uh, the the Rams won uh, last year and the Avalanche won last year and I think there was another uh, another team in there, uh, not one of the the major sports and then the the Nuggets this time around. So was definitely struggling with the uh, with the post game interview, but uh, I think if you're winning that much, you <laughs> you'll get some practice, you'll be fine. You would think he'd get better at those interviews. This is not the first one, even recent, but. You know what, man? You do you. You're obviously good at other things. You're not great at that thing. That's all right. I don't think there's anyone to fault you. If you keep winning championships and owning teams that are doing it. I don't think anyone's going to give you any crap for your post-game stuff. But, you know, maybe, maybe do some media training. I know the players are doing it. Just, I just, it's such a big moment, and you're going to want to rewatch all this. And, and it just seemed like he was like, ah, I, I don't know. Like, ah, it's a real hard team. <laughs> it's, just, it's fine. But shout out to him for sure. Shout out to everyone. Definitely want to shout out Jeff Green. Happy for Jeff Green. Happy to see him have at least a couple big dunks in the finals too. Quietly, the number one poster maker of uh, of the NBA for the past couple of years. You know, just if you haven't been dunked on by Jeff Green, you're not Look playing out. defense. Uh, yeah, keep looking Look out. Look out. Uh, just just cool stats. I mean, I can't even believe Jodrey Jordan played yesterday. Like, not only are we giving him a ring, but he he actually played yesterday. I couldn't believe he was in the game. That's how bad the foul trouble was. He had a block. He he was in there. I, you know, I can't imagine him being like he was probably nervous the second his number was called. Like he was like, Wait, what? No, that's this hasn't happened yet. I thought we were done after today. I'm getting I gotta go loosen up right now. I'm gonna pull a hammy. But getting the job done, you know, could could have signed wherever. All all these guys could have been other places. And I wonder who's back for them next year. I love the idea of having Christian Brown going forward with Murray and Jokic and and uh, Porter Jr. to some degree. I, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I like man, that. Like how many how many rookies could you just throw into a, the rotation of a finals game and not just absolutely melt down? I mean, a closeout game. We saw absolute stars that you know those T Rex arms. The Nuggets shot under fifty percent from the foul line, or they're at least under fifty percent for a good chunk of the game. And so, for a rookie to come in at the, the most possible pressure, just very impressive. I, he played twenty four minutes yesterday. That's in, in an elimination game that they needed to win to win the championship. A rookie played 24 minutes, doing something right. <laughs> if if you're if you're Michael Malone, man, you're pushing the right buttons. I thought that took some real stones to put him in there. I thought it took stones to chill out on Michael Porter Jr. on those struggling games, and I thought it took even more guts to really double down on Porter Jr. yesterday and to leave him in there and just just hope that just it's just enough. Like, cause, I, th- I feel like if he had benched him one more game, we would have just lost him again. Just cause you, you got to be careful with this. You don't want to lose him entirely, but he didn't have it. And I, I just I, shout out to Michael Malone. And I'm, I'm specifically saying Michael. He was too. all sorts of fired up when he got interviewed. Just <laughs> it seemed like it was the first question. He was immediately like, "We're going to win more." And it's like, "Oh no, what are you doing? Just enjoy, enjoy this moment here." Yikes! We've seen this mistake before. Of all the post game things. I, everything you just said is true. The, the, the owner was a little struggle. Malone's super fired up. I just love that Jokic is kind of like, I need to go home. Like, like, all right, the job is done. I need to go home is more or less his, his first response and continued response. I, what's he want? He's, he's got to get back to his horses on Sunday or some horse racing on Sunday. Some, something. It's like 
he, he's already moved on. He, he's like, I can't wait for the offseason. <laughs> Checked out. Do you think this is going to be a Dirk Nowinski offseason celebration where he's really going to enjoy himself and perhaps does not come in to the proper condition of next year? I mean, I mean Dirk partied for, it felt like, two years after the championship. And deservedly so. But w- what do you think Jokic uh, does over the offseason? Is there, there, there's not FIBA this year, is there? I don't think so. I, I wouldn't nah, be shocked though. No, nah, was... then yeah, he'll 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 party it up and he'll 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 work his way into shape as it gets closer. But I don't think they'll necessarily be the uh, the same uh, you know drive like like you said. It, he seemed fine with uh with, with winning, and I just don't know if that that that's an issue where most of the league already doesn't care about the regular season, and then you know one of one of the top guys doesn't really seem to care about winning a championship, so. Uh, like what, what, what am I doing watching it? If the guys playing it are, uh, not as into it, but I think that might just be a, uh, a, a Jokic thing and not a larger, a larger thing. Cause definitely, uh, Jamal Murray was very emotional at the, uh, at the podium. I, I just, what a journey, man. I mean, it felt like the, the, these were the expectations over the past four years and three of them, he's got to spend injured. And then finally this year, you know, it's. They're in there. They're at, they win. They win the West. They have home court. Everybody's healthy. See, uh, are you are you just automatic? No, no doubts about it. He's the, he's the best guy, best guy in the world. Jokic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think today. Yeah. I really do. I think there's a durability with him that. I mean, look, Embiid's hurt all the damn time, and, and you could say he's got a little bit more skill in certain elements than Jokic, but. Jokic has played 40-plus minutes every single one of these games, even in the foul trouble. He played 42 yesterday, even with the foul trouble. I just don't know all these other guys. I mean, maybe Giannis, but there's some deficiencies with Giannis that I think Jokic has that he, that he doesn't. And Embiid's the really one argument that I think is fair, but I just don't think Embiid would have made it this this many rounds, this many minutes in, the, in this many series. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think he could have done it. I just don't think he's physically his body could hold up to it. So I think there's a durability with Jokic beyond just a skill set that I, I'm giving a ton of credit to. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's Jokic, and I, I don't think it's really – I think it's undeniable at this point. I, I, I think if you were to swap other guys and put them on this Denver team, they, they would have a really hard time doing what he did. You know, I'm not saying – I, like, I don't think I'm willing to to just give it uh, – to just to say unquestionably, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with all the things that you said about Embiid, but I think – Giannis getting hurt, and we're only two years removed from him scoring 50 in an elimination game. And, you know, he, he is just like, oh, no, he's automatically at the top. And just, I, I mean, look, I just, there's a. Jokic was definitely, he, Jokic was definitely in, in foul trouble yesterday, but there was just some times where I saw the Heat going to the hoop. And I saw one time, like, he, uh, you know, just went to grab his nuts, and it was like, "Are you serious? Like, you're gonna try to take take a charge right now?" And then the guy just like sort of euro stepped him, and so I'm gonna give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt on uh, just all right, you know, you're you're in foul trouble. You got to be in the game. You you know, just avoid the fouls so you can play offense. And he's definitely better on offense in the half court than than Giannis. But like I said, Giannis scored 50 like not that long ago, and just. Giannis just brings it more on the defensive end, so just more as a, as a complete player, and it's always harder, always harder to gauge the defensive side and the, the offense. There's just so many stats, points, rebounds, assists. Those are like the three main stats. Those are the easiest ones, but it's just harder to see like, Hey, how many points did he give up on, on, on the other end? I, 
I just I like that Jokic has more than one approach to beating you, and the Giannis may be the greatest fastball ever, but he's still only throwing fastballs. If, if you know what I mean, like. It's, yeah, no, I I can see that. It's yeah. one hell of a punch. It's one he's hell of a fastball. He's throwing like 101, 102. Yeah. And, but... and he's coming every single time down, and you're going to feel it from the last play and on the next play because he's not taking a playoff, and I, I love that about Giannis. But I think there's elements to times where that doesn't always work, and there's also ways around it. And I think the free throw shooting, while he has been able to overcome it and guys like Shaq were able to overcome it, there's guys like Jokic that just don't have that problem. And I, I think that's an advantage that – I have to give to him, and and for sure, <laughs> dude, Giannis is awesome. All right, I'm not, I'm not gonna be mad about anybody saying anything. Else. No, you know? no, yeah. and that's just, and it's, it's like a lot of times you just become prisoners of the moment, and just all the stuff I was seeing today is just there's been no longer anything. You know, three months ago it was, you know, kind of a mix of the three for the for MVP, and was more of like, hey, who played the most? And as we've gone along, there's been the, why would you ever vote in Bead? And it's like, guys, we were all there at the beginning of the playoffs when Jokic like on purpose kind of sabotaged the just like I'm not playing like I'm not going against Embiid I'm I'm just I'm not interested in this and so it's like well what, what do you want us to do here like it's not a playoff award it's a regular season award we could only go on what was happening in the regular season I, I wish they had gotten a chance to, to play each other I, I remember watching the last dance and I want to say it was 98. I think it was the last one where I think Jordan had won the regular season MVP the year before, and then they gave it to Carl Malone that year. And then they faced each other in the finals and the, the whatever Jordan took that personally, whatever quote meme thing was a real thing. And he was like, you know, you guys gave him this. We're on the best stage. There's another MVP award up for grabs. I'm, I'm going to show you that. And I just wish Jokic would have had an opportunity to maybe show against Giannis or an Embiid just just what that could have been like I think that would have just made it a little bit easier of an argument for me that we didn't really necessarily get a chance to see that so I I feel good I feel good about Jokic though I feel fine about it I I dude, he just makes good decisions and every single possession that that team makes they, they get a good shot off and I I love that I love that I just I really like that and I like that it'll be fun to watch going forward I, I also look at the physicality of him again and if you're all these other teams and you're preparing to kind of face, you know, the warrior star warrior style of basketball where it's a smaller unit and then a guy like Jokic comes into town and you're like, "Well, how do we like he's not going away? Like we're going to have to address this over the next couple of years and and you better have a solution because I don't think it's going away. I just can't wait till Wembenyama and Jokic can start going at it and I just wonder if Jokic is going to physically just bully him or if Wemby's going to have this whole new attack way on it like is that that's that's what i'm more concerned about for the future Dude, we're, you, you you said uh you know a little while ago as you tried to get me to stop talking about basketball saying like oh no that's that's the uh the nba season but next week next week's the draft and we're less than a month away from summer league so it's just it just it just rolls right right into in, into the next year where you know we're not really that far off from being able to see, yeah, it's gonna be Wemby versus all these guys, and I'm sure all these guys are gonna show up saying, "Oh, he's the uh, the best prospect you guys have ever seen." Well, <laughs> look how he's gonna look tonight against me. I think that's gonna go both ways. I think there's certain guys that can't have Wemby circling the schedule, and I think there's other guys that are like terrified of that day. Like they are taking rest. They are injured that day. They pulled the hammy. They did something weird. You know, 
cut their hands on some glass the night before. You know, some sort of excuse will, will come up, I think, when Wemby comes to town. I, I just hope he's healthy. I don't want to see another one of these rookies. Like, I want Chet to be healthy. I don't want to see another rookie just not play throughout the regular season. That that has happened, it feels like, so frequently over the past couple of years between, you know, Zion and then, I mean, even Embiid. Simmons, and, and Simmons Embiid. Fultz, all, all these guys where you kind of get all these number one picks, you get fired up for it. And, you know, sadly, most of them for Philly, but it's, it, I just want to see him play. You know, I, I've heard the hype. We're going to hear the hype for so many more months now. And I just would be so bummed if he doesn't actually play this year or if he's immediately injured. I, I just, it seems like he's Especially good, with, man. with Chet last year where it was in a, it wasn't even summer league, you know, it was in one of those celebrity games. So it's like, all right. You know, celebrity game is fun. People get to go see NBA stars up close, but you're playing a level down just to make sure something like this doesn't happen. And then it does just like, really the whole, and it was immediate. It wasn't even, Hey, we're going to do some tests. We're going to see it. Just like, Nope, he is done for the season. Absolutely not going to play. The one thing I will say is why I don't think he's going to get hurt is that he's still playing like actively in a season right now. Like he's, he's in shape. He's, he's ready to go. And he's not just like preserving himself for whatever combine draft. And he, he's, I just feel like he's working on his game already. Like he's he's on it. It's not even working. Like you said, he's playing in the championship right now. So shout out, shout out to them. I can't wait for those storylines next year. And I just I'm not saying like he's gonna immediately be a hat in the ring with the the Jokic and Bead Giannis thing, but I do think that like there's there's some consideration to this guy that you're gonna have to immediately give and be like, well, what is this gonna look like in a year, two years, three years? And maybe maybe the destination he ends up in isn't exactly perfect. But I'm curious to see what San Antonio is going to do over this offseason as well. Like, are they going to treat this first year as, shit, man, we got a guy, and we don't even know how good he is, but what if he's, like, really good and we are competitive, and like, instantly? And he could be in it. They could, they could suddenly be a team. I mean, somebody's not going to make the playoffs next year. I don't know who's in and who's out, but not all the same teams are going to get in. Someone's going to get injured. Someone's going to make a run. Somebody's going to make a trade and either be a whole lot better or a whole lot worse. But uh, either way, a fantastic NBA season. A frustrating one for the Celtics, but I'm, I'm still, I still love the, I still love the sport. I, I can't wait for it, and I'll be excited for March Madness. But I'm very excited for the NBA regular season to start again. Way more excited than I am for the college one. Uh, we got about ten minutes left here. I got a couple like side topics here. Uh, how about we update the listeners on our podcast schedule over the next couple weeks? We are going to be. Well, I guess we'll be on next week, but it won't be a regular show. We are going to pre-record a show while Zach is going to do a little bit of traveling in the upcoming weeks. Uh, the pre-recorded show, we are going to do a rewatchable of a sports game. We may do more than one of these, but for now, it'll be this this one. It's going to be from the 07 Patriots Week 17. It is New England Patriots against the New York Giants. This is the undefeated year. This is the year that we did face them in the Super Bowl and had a not so uh, welcoming results. So we are going to rewatch the forgotten about regular season game, which was a great game between the New York Patriots and the New York Giants prior. It leads up to the the Super Bowl later that year. But this is kind of that last end of the week. And I, and I think there's just a lot of a lot of spitefulness between these teams in a hell of a game. So we're going to do a rewatchable about that. Uh, the link will be on YouTube. I'll make sure to put that in the description for this. And I, I don't really know how the show is going to go. I'm not really sure what we're going to talk about, but I'm, I'm not exactly excited to do a, a whole bunch of summer topics, and if Zach's going to be taking some time off here anyways, I'd, I'd rather talk about something interesting and maybe something we'd forgotten about. So that's that'll likely release. I think we'll still release that on Monday uh, at some point. I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll release it on Sunday. You can, you can 
watch watch the game on Sunday. You can listen to us on Monday. I don't know, something like that. Uh, anything you want to add to all this? What do you got? It's gonna be it's gonna be cool. You know, just trying to do some some different things. Like you said, we uh, we've been going real hard with through football. We had the you know the the, the pick 'em, and that just leads naturally right into into basketball. And you know, we were kind of thinking in the past couple of weeks, oh, there's only you know, there's only one series going on. Are we going to be able to make that happen for a podcast? And then we just complained about the Celtics for 15 minutes and talked about the finals for, you know, a while. And that was basically, uh, you know, we were able to stretch that into into a whole podcast without, without too much difficulty. So now that there's going to be no more basketball, uh, we will have the, uh, the, the the draft coming up. But, you know, in the interim, just trying to come up with some some other ideas. So, you know, if anybody's got any ideas, stuff they're interested in, in hearing uh, us talk about or games that, they uh want us to watch you know get a hold of us we we might, might be interested yeah there's almost no way i'll agree to it but if you want to replace zach for a week you know maybe i'll entertain the idea for the right person but don't don't get your hopes up right <laughs> he's not very replaceable it's 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 harder than it looks yeah you're very much in the dark and i the, he has notes i don't so and i'm driving the boat so let that let that just be a warning <laughs> Uh, all right, we, we want to get to one of these other topics here, or you want to try and save these for something for the future? I mean, I don't really know a whole lot about the PGA and the live thing. It just sounds real... Sh- it sounds like the bigger picture we would have ended up here regardless, but it also sounds like something in the short term. If you were on the PGA side players and, and you were told not to take this large money from this, you know, not so... I. I not viewed in a good light sort of people or country or money or however you want to kind of phrase it. And and then you find out later that you turned all that money down and now all that money that those people made are now joining you and that you kind of missed out on the payday. You could still be where you're at and just taking all the money. I think that's complicated and it's not necessarily the right situation, but in the long term of things, it felt like this was inevitable that these two leagues were going to eventually merge together because this is the best way to get a golf product. And I, I thought Liv did their, their best to try to implement new rules and new ideas and a new strategy to all that. But I think all that's going to immediately get thrown out. I don't think they're preserving any of that. This is going to be the old fashioned PGA with a whole bunch of money back behind it. And I, I money talks and I hate to say it, but like, tell me you would have said no, like, you know, it's a lot easier to turn down the money when you don't have it. But man, I, 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 I don't know how else to say it. I mean, what, what else? There's just too many politics and all this where it's like, well, what are you supposed to do that's best for the sport? And is this best for the sport or is this not so great for the country? And it's a complicated area. I get me out of this. I'm sinking right now. <laughs> my, my favorite part of it is that a lot of people connected it right to a, uh, even it was actually, it was a few episodes from, from the office where the manager, Michael Scott uh, decides he's going to quit and he's going to start his own paper company. And like I said, I think it was maybe three episode arc. And then it ends with he negotiates and the company rehires him and the other two employees. So basically a merger. And it's like, that's kind of exactly what Liv did is stole away a couple of uh, the higher profile guys. They did their own thing. I don't think a lot of people watched. I mean, it was kind of talked about, but like not really. And then just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like, yep, no, we're now now we're merging together. So I, I got a kick out of that. I think the more concerning part out of all of this is, I mean, there's, there's tons of concerning things about just the ethics of it all. But the concerning part, I think, is the communication or the lack thereof where, I don't know, maybe maybe players have just chosen to be quiet or chosen to say they didn't know or hear a whole lot of rumors about all this. But 
It sounds like nobody knew anything about any of this. This kind of just came out of nowhere, and it was like, how in the world did these two teams that were essentially at each other's throats competing for every single inch of, you know, golf real estate you could possibly get, and, and are now just suddenly kumbaya together? And and, and I don't know. Like how you we, said, man, money, money, money talks. I just feel like we came there pretty quick. The other concerning part is. I'm not saying this is easily executed in other sports, but I do think that there are elements to this that other money could be thrown at and other things could be, you know, maybe swindled into certain things like this. And I, if I'm other sports and not all of them, some of them are too, too rich and make way too, too successful to even like kind of flaunt all that. There's been multiple tries for other, you know, football sort of professional leagues that have uh, been borderline successful. And even that is slightly that I, I'd worry about maybe another sport getting kind of, attack like this and i don't even know if it's attacked but it's like essentially getting bought uh is there any other sport you you think it should be worried or could get circled i think tennis tennis is in a is in a similar model where it's individual athletes as well as uh, i wonder if this is kind of why there was the the u.s the the ufc and wwe merger as they kind of thought hey this is coming if we don't get bigger and you know, band together, we're just going to get picked off here. So I wonder if tennis is the one that needs to be concerned that a live style, a bunch of money comes in. You don't need all of the top guys. You just need a good chunk of the top guys and you can kind of start your own, your own league. And I don't know exactly the, uh, the, the mechanics, if it's the same way golf is, is that when you show up to a tournament, you're not getting paid unless you win and saying, well, you know what I would like to do is if I go somewhere there, there's an automatic, I'm going to get this amount of money, and then if I win, I can win more money. Yeah, it's this is a little bit out of my. I, this isn't my expertise. I'm not a golf fan. I wouldn't let alone a business person to, to talk about all the international politics of it all. But uh, that's happening, and that's going on. And I'm curious to see how if that just settles in, or if this is going to be a, a rebellious thing. Like I don't know what what is everyone going to do now? We're all just supposed to shut up and like this. Like this, it's kind of the way it is, right? I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people that take a, a principled stand on it, but it, it, it merged together and to what advantage though? I, like you're going to sit out and, and you're just not going to get paid. Like you're going to make even less. I, I I'm not sure what the no, right I answer think there's is. Gonna, I think there's going to be more of a because. Some of the things that the PGA players were having issues with once Liv sp- spun off, some of those issues did get resolved already. Okay. Look, I don't feel like that this is a I, look from outside looking in. I'm not a golf fan, but if you ask me if golf was a growing sport, I would I would say no. Like I don't think that they've done a they just haven't replaced Tiger, and I don't think you're ever going to be able to replace a guy like Tiger because there's never going to be another guy like that. And and I think that they were skating off all these high His tig- son. They, they were skating off all these high ratings from Tiger, just drawing in all of this where everybody's just tuning in to watch Tiger, whether it was watch Tiger do something awesome or just root against Tiger because he was such a favorite. Either way, you're bringing in viewerships. You haven't been able to replace that. You've tried, and it's not. It's a heavy crown, man. It's not an easy one for anyone to just walk in and do. It's a tough sport. I think a lot of the competition has necessarily has gotten better. There just hasn't been a guy that has popped quite as that or dominated the competition quite like tiger and i think until they do that or until a guy comes around like that i i'm not gonna have any interest in this sport like at all and and for me this is like a whole bunch of guys that weren't tiger got paid way more money than anyone else ever before 
and then came back to the league, and now I still don't care because they weren't as good as Tiger was in in his prime, and I'm just not as interested. Like maybe I'm, I'm I don't know enough about it all, and maybe there is a guy like that, but it's just outside looking in. That's what it feels like for me, where it's like I, I feel like all these guys are complaining about getting more money when none of them are better than what the best of this was all time. Like it's. It's fine. It, it, do, do I, what you I, do. I think you just you, you just got to move past it. It's not for you. It just sounds like the same way uh, you know an older older person talks about you know the NBA and it's like oh well you know Michael Jordan's not out there anymore and you know now it's just all three so I'm I'm not gonna watch anymore. So it's like it's if it's just not for you, it's just not for you. Like just you know don't need to don't need to ruin it for other people. They ruined it themselves. I didn't do anything. I just pointed it out. All right, let's get out of this show. Uh, what we'll release that one probably next Monday. Uh, and I don't know what it's going to be like. I can't give you categories or anything like that, but it'll be an hour talking about a football game that that, that goes well. All right, I, I won't spoil it, but it, it, I, I know the results. You can look up the results, too, and I'll make sure to put the link on there. It's a, it's a great game, though. So it's a good one worth rewatching, maybe a little refresher. It's a little bit of a forgotten about season, despite it being, you know, remembered for the Super Bowl. Only outcome. one loss. Yeah, so there, there's your spoiler alert. <laughs> uh Pat Sajak is retired from Wheel of Fortune. You ever watch Wheel of Fortune? Oh, I watch, watch Wheel of Fortune. That, that was one of the few things, like, as a kid, every once in a while we get TV, we'd be able to watch that. And then it's it's just, it's one of those ones that's when it's on at the, at the bar, you're able to watch it. You don't even need, need the sound on. You can still play. And always comes on after Jeopardy, and Jeopardy is always super hard. And then uh, Wheel of Fortune is always, always uh, you know, m- much easier, but just interesting with... Uh, you know, Trebek was, uh, you know, doing Jeopardy forever, and Sajak was doing this. Next year will be his 41st and last year. Just doing anything for 41 years. That, that That's a long time. And just, like, just a television show in general, even a, even a game show. It's like, I think you bring up Wheel of Fortune to, you know, anybody, and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I know Wheel of Fortune. Just, just a, you know, a, an American American mainstay. It's been on, been on forever. It's the, it's a, it's a show that was, Basically, you can play on your phone now very easily. <laughs> it's, it's, I, my, my grandfather, massive, massive wheel, wheel of fortune fan back in the day, for, for sure. Watching that regularly, it was seven o'clock all, all the time, right on the dot. It's an easy one, I think, to follow. We kind of have something else going on. You tune in and out. It's, it's an easy one. Just throw it on. Uh, long, long, long time of doing it. Shout out to them. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to shout out think, to the people do, out there? Do, do you think we'll make it 41 years? Uh, alive? I don't know. Thirty's getting a little hard right now. I don't know why I get to forty. So uh, we'll see. Oh, you mean the show? Right. Oh, the show. I yeah. Don't... No, no, the show making it forty-one years. That doesn't sound good if you don't even think you're gonna make it. You know, ten more years. <laughs> yeah. You think? You think I'm miserable now? You wait. wait add that forty more years of doing this once a week. All right. Then, then I'm sure I'll be in a great mood. All right? you're, you're definitely gonna want to work with me for that much longer. <laughs> Enjoy your vacation, man. All right. We wish, you, do. we wish you safe travels, and we're, we're going to wait for some uh, abroad stories when we get back. Deal. Deal. All right. Thank you, Boston, for being a miserable team. Hopefully, we'll be better next year. Awesome NBA season, and I'm ready to reset the podcast next week. Summer podcast. Get ready for it. Well, little column A, little column B.